everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And today, for our headline news of February 21st, 2021, we bring you three interesting stories, as always. So our first story is about how Chevron dumped oil into the San Francisco Bay. I actually found out about this on Instagram instead of the actual news, and I just wanted to dig in a little bit more. And this actually happened around maybe 9 to 10 days ago, and I'm pretty surprised that people haven't been talking about it. So the spill happened in Richmond, California, and the Chevron refinery was investigating about the spill last Tuesday. Residents first discovered the spill at around 3 p.m. when they smelled something like gasoline near their houses. Of course, this sparked concern, and the California's Office of Emergency Services, or OES, started investigating this and found that a pipeline was leaking oil at around 5 gallons a minute until the leak was stopped at around 4.40 p.m. John Joya, the Contra Costa County supervisor, says that Quote, close to 600 gallons, end quote, was dumped into the bay before the leak was stopped. As of February 10th, 2021, it is unknown as to what caused the spill, and there have been no oiled animals confirmed at that time, like in the ocean. Chevron's Richmond refinery pumps out about 245,000 barrels of crude oil every day, and this refinery is actually one of California's biggest polluters. Obviously, the oil spill speaks for itself, but it also spews toxins into the sky and ocean during normal everyday operations. Yikes. I mean, how did, I'm assuming this Chevron refinery has management on their own? Um, so how did they not freaking find out that they're I leaking oil? I have no oil? idea. This was for like an hour and 40 minutes too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, from, like, it was first discovered at 3 p.m., and then it was stopped at around 4.40. Oh, but the leak could have happened earlier, no? That, right? that just, is true as well. Just because you smell it, right, doesn't mean it's not... Yeah, it doesn't mean that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also concerning that we don't still don't know, like... I mean, obviously, they're still investigating, but I guess if it's that... Much more complicated, either it's, like, really bad that it's because they messed up really badly or that they mm-hmm. actually cannot figure it out, which, like I said... Which is, is frankly, even worse. Both, uh, they're both... The both alternatives are pretty concerning. So, yeah. I mean, usually when we mm-hmm. think of oil spills, I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, like, the Gulf of Mexico off in the ocean near like an oil rig but you know it happens here too yeah i was not expecting this to be honest with you i was like in san francisco bay you must be mistaken then i looked and it was true like how dare you (laughs) yeah i know and this actually hasn't been reported on since i think february 10th or something 9th or 10th yeah yeah i'm sure i mean disappointing yeah and also, I'm sure, like, one reason, you know, it could be also, like, lack of reporting, but also possibly the Contra Costa County and Chevron trying to keep a lid on it because it doesn't look good, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, Especially that when it's so close to home for many people. Yeah, exactly. And, like, there's a reason you don't see this on mainstream media, and it hasn't been reported on for, like, 10 days. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, it is local news, but like many people say, local news is, you know, still honestly important. one of the most important, yeah. Exactly. Plus, mm-hmm. like, this is an oil spill. Quite important, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, where Richmond is, I guess, like, well, yeah, there's a lot of refineries in Richmond, actually. I know many mm-hmm. people think have this, like, idea that the Bay Area is, like, one, like, metropolitan area who's like very very techy and whatnot but like we have oil refineries like if you just like even if you go like off like 20 minutes off into san francisco even like yeah 20 minutes off into san francisco you'll find an oil refinery or even in san Mm -hmm. francisco but Mm -hmm. for like a direction wise all right um i mean i don't I feel like most people already know why oil refineries are not good in general, right? The when yeah. the combustion causes to pull back from my unfortunately now deteriorating apes like <laughs> <laughs> apes knowledge. Um the process of a refinery like the combustion that it causes often allows a lot of I'm pretty sure like Obviously carbon, but also monoxide. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. Obviously carbon, but other things like nitrogen, I believe, to leak into the sky, ocean. That's where you get like algae um, and, you know, like horrible air pollution, which you can't really tell that like it's that bad, especially in San Francisco. Like it's not as bad yeah. as like say in Beijing or something but on a hot day oh you can tell for real though you can see the smog it's kind of bad moving on our next story is basically what's the fourth thing like on a trilogy claire like a, i have no idea just say a continuing the story yes the fourth installment of the Myanmar protest series is unfortunate a woman has been shot during the protests and died. Mia Tue Tue Kang became the first person to die in the protests against the military coup after she was fatally shot in the head last week. The police denied ever using the police denied ever using brutal and lethal force during the rally at Myanmar's capital on February 9th. However, two other people reported being hit by live ammunition by live ammunition. The hospital Mia was at the hospital Mia was at confirmed her death earlier today. The latest mass protest was on Friday and it took place in the largest city Yangon. Many wore their uniforms to demonstrate that they were boycotting or striking. Uh, they were boycotting work or striking and this protest marks 2 weeks of continued unrest in Myanmar and the police have Obviously, and definitely ramped up efforts to block the demonstrations. And so the Myanmar protests continue. Yes. I, I still can't believe that they're denying stuff that they're doing, like the police. Oh, I they mean, denied using lethal force. Um, I'm not that surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But seriously, two other people reported being shot and hit. By life and mission from the police. Yeah. I mean, sense. 
if the United States government is gonna do so, like, um, it's pretty obvious that other countries will too. True. And it's not like America is the epitome of morals either, you know? Obviously not. We are, like, the lowest, (laughs) one of the lowest, I'd argue, (laughs) examples. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this will definitely cause even more backlash, especially from the international community, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, for... Many countries. Okay. I mean, for many countries, I mean, for many countries and many people, like, oh, protests, boycotting, it's, like, usual, right? Yes, we support you, and, like, they'll say, oh, I don't really like your government, I support, like, that you're trying to change it, right? But mm-hmm. once you're shot, or once there is a death, right, it mm-hmm. will, I mean, it has a possibility now to truly blow up, like, oh. It become violent. Yeah, not only violent, but as, I guess, from a political standpoint, real international pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, think about, like, in our history, right? What were the true defining moments that blasted people into supporting the revolution, right? One could definitely be um, the Boston Massacre, or quote-unquote massacre, allegedly, (laughs) as we learned in U.S. history, right? When the first few people died, right? That's what really infuriated Americans against um, the British soldiers. Um, yeah, I mean, I can think of anything like that has really sparked that. Yeah, where like the American Revolution. Yeah. That's why, like, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, what's it going to?" T-? Especially, I guess, in regards to any type of social change, right? People ask like oh, why can't these people just protest? If you protest correctly, you vote the right people in, you'll get what you want, right? And (laughs) that is theoretically true. That's how it's supposed to go. But historically and from an empirical standpoint, that That doesn't always happen, obviously. That actually never happens. I, well, obviously, I don't know every single history, but... If that has happened, it's rare, right? If you think about any of the defining moments that has caused change, it has definitely involved death and violence. Like, the Stonewall mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. situation, um, Selma and the civil rights movement, um, yeah. war, right? The reason why we've gone to war is because the death, like, say, yeah, the death of Americans in Pearl Harbor, well, that was also a situation because someone attacked us. But also, say World <laughs> War One, when one of uh, um, one of the commercial ships were attacked, and mm-hmm. some American passengers were on there and died. And yeah, obviously, that's when we start. Yeah. yeah. And as a country, of course, people have more affinity for the citizens of the country. 
So I guess well, yeah, I, of course they're your own citizens, but at the same time, yeah. Then that's when things start getting urgent, and you're like, oh yeah, you have to take care of this now. Yeah. So I think this will definitely infuriate the citizens of Myanmar. The international citizens, on the other hand, could be, could be not. I'm not exactly sure where this would go, though, because, well, I mean, people seem to have more apathy these days, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Which That's is another fun. issue that we can talk about another time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Claire, you got anything to say? Nope. Okay, we'll move on then. So, moving on for our third story, scientists cloned the first endangered species. Elizabeth Ann was born and is now raised at a Fish and Wildlife Service breeding facility in Fort Collins, Colorado. She is a genetic copy of an endangered black-footed ferret named Willa who died in 1988. Willa's remains were frozen in the early days of DNA tech. Black-footed ferrets were actually thought to be extinct when ranchers began shooting and poisoning off colonies to give room for their cattle. However, this was proven wrong when a ranch dog in Wyoming actually brought a dead ferret home in 1981. So, starting in the 1990s, scientists brought together ferrets for a captive breeding program in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And as the program continued, they obviously saved more animals, and when Willa died, the Wyoming Game and Fish Department sent her remains to a, quote, frozen zoo, end quote, which was run by the San Diego Zoo Global. The organization continues to maintain cells from over 1,100 species and subspecies from all over the world. Obviously, this is a good first step, and the success of the cloning means that there is a possibility of bringing back extinct species, but... For now, they're just trying to repopulate the endangered species, you know, one step at a time. And, you know, I guess, trying to repopulate the ones that they can be populated. Yeah, this is good. We've I remember- had many uh-huh. issues with endangered species now, with climate change and deforestation, dehabitation, right? This has been an ongoing struggle for a very, very long time. Yeah. Wasn't the first, like, the first clone was the, um, like, the sheep, right? A what? A sheep? They cloned the sheep, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said a sheep, and I was like, Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah. I remember, I don't know why. I think it's, obviously, it's good that you're able to bring back endangered species, as with, like, it can bring back balance into the natural world, which is always important. Mm-hmm. Um, especially those, like, what we call keystone species that hold up an entire uh, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But cloning, on the other hand, is giving me, like, iffy vibes you know a little bit yeah i know this is just one method of repopulating i mean i think from what i read willa's um which is the ferret that died in 1988 her genetic line was ended because she couldn't like reproduce with some other ferret or something like that so i think what they were trying to do was just re create the 
genetic line. But yeah, I understand what you're hinting at. Yeah. It's like, if they're going to do the process to, like, do the process to humans, you know? Ooh, that's a different issue. Yeah. Reminds me of the story we watched in biology and we were talking about genes. I forgot what it's called, but it's a, like a movie about a guy who lives in a world where parents can determine the genes of their kid. Oh, right. I remember people have been talking about it for a while. Is that actually a thing now? I don't remember. I mean, obviously not a real, like, I think there was, I don't know. There was some iteration where, like, if you catch a, like, when you're looking at the baby, right, before it's born, or after it's born, and you see, like, some genetic issues that can cause, say, like, death or extreme disabilities, Mm -hmm. where they're, like, having trouble to live, I think there was some procedure that can actually help change it. Either genetically, either while still in the womb or like just right out after give being um, birthed. Okay, okay. Which is, I don't know. It's like the face recognition, cool and all, right? But the ethics but of if, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it starts, because everything, every, because everyone thinks it's hella cool. Oh, look, technological advance in the beginning, right? Look. They cloned the first spirit. Cool. But then, yeah, like, with the facial recognition thing, when it starts snowballing and continues becoming more and more developed, then that's when the issues start occurring. Like, I think, I don't remember if this is true or not, but something about security cameras having facial recognition. Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, when people pass, they can scan whose face, like, who's who. Yeah. Which is scary as heck. Mm-hmm. It is. Not surprising, but scary yeah. still. I mean, you already see in, you know, those, like, TV shows, like, uh, NCIS or, like, um, mm-hmm. Criminal Minds, where they're like, oh, find this person, and the airport security already catches them, right? Obviously, it's an airport, but, you know, like, if they can do that, like, what's stopping almost everyone? And anyone other... can, exactly. Yeah. If you have the technology, it's not difficult at all. I mean, it's a good thing they're using this for a good use, I guess. Yeah, I mean, obviously if cloning animals this. is much easier than cl- cloning humans. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's harder to have, like, more complex, you know, like, Genetic temperament, you know? Yeah, yeah. You need to ferret. Yeah. Which are cute. <laughs> I know, they're so cute. Well, that's all the news we have for you today, but before we leave you, we still have our Sunday snippet into the past. On February 21st, 1960, Havana places all Cuban industry under direct control of the government, a.k.a. socialism, communism, something-ism. Interesting. I was going to say Cubanism, but that sounds more like <laughs> Cubism, an art form. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you for listening.
and have a good Sunday.